Hey Froth, it's Liren from Updates from the Middle of Nowhere. I love the fact that you rolled your dice down your dice tower. As soon as I heard that episode, I just listened this morning, I was catching up on your show. I actually went nosing around looking for dice towers. And my immediate thought was there's a lot of them that are laser cut, really thin wood. But what sound would they make? It's funny, that is one of the first thoughts I had. So thank you very much for doing that. Also, that didn't take very long. It doesn't seem like it's that tall. So maybe that will um, ease Cody's worries about it taking longer to roll dice. So thank you for doing that. There just may be one of those in Jeff's future. We'll see. Have a good one. Welcome to the Fod Eater Fod Pass. <laughs> what is up, everybody? It is Froth here, Thought Eater Podcast, Thought Eater Blog. Hope you're doing well. As always, I am thrilled that you are listening, uh, no matter where you are and no matter who you are. And appreciate Liren calling in. Oh, that dice tower. I fall more in love with it every day. Uh, just uh, over the weekend, brought it over for another session. And we've got one player, their dice are too big for the tower, you know? So I think they feel left out. But, you know, that's what you get for having those big, you know, fist-size, baby fist-size dice. Yeah, so a couple things. The show is huge today. It's a ton to get to. If one more thing had happened, if one more great post had come up, uh, I would have had to just save it for next week. So it's a jam-packed show. Don't want to spend too much time on the intro, but I did want to say uh, something I noticed, something I was thinking about. You know, I do this, have this weekly cycle, and when you do things on a schedule like this, you become acutely keenly aware of, of, of the passage of time and just how fleeting, how fleeting things are. So I had mentioned this a while back on a five minute Friday, but something I was thinking about for myself and I thought I would say to others is, uh, you know, get to the good stuff. If there's a game that you've been wanting to play, don't put it off. If there's an adventure you've been wanting to run, run it. If there's a monster you've got where you're thinking, no, uh, yeah, in about three months they should get here and they'll have this, and they, no, go ahead and slap that sucker in your game because time is flying by and we're only blessed with enough, you know, we're only blessed with a limited time, you know, to do all this gaming and all this good stuff as well as time with family and everything else. So just something I was thinking about as time has flown by and we're back starting the froth cycle all over again here with Hump Day Bloggerama. Weekly show, Kitty's here, the whole gang's here. <laughs> Kitty's here, it's popping off, you know. Uh, Hump Day Bloggerama, weekly show where I take you on a little stroll around the blogosphere, talk about some stuff I spotted, and then I put up all the links for you over at the Thought Eater blog. You can just Google Thought Eater blog. We'll go to frothsoft, frothsofdnd.blogspot.com. And uh, what else is going on? Yeah, so I did uh, episode three. 
of Sunday Zine Club, my latest endeavor, trying to do what I'm doing for blogs, kind of for the zines. And uh, so if you missed last weekend, did an interview with Nate Tremay of Tunnel Goons fame in the Highland Paranormal Society. If you haven't checked that out, go back and take a look at it. Also talking about a ton of zine quest stuff. And that's the last thing I got for you on the intro here. I wanted to talk to, uh, you know, the zine quest, uh, these kickstarters, they only, the max they can last is a couple weeks. So some of them are coming up on, you know, being done. So if you haven't checked some of these out, uh, you're, you're running out of time. Kind of like I was talking about time going by the, these kickstarters are going by. So I wanted to give a shout. I got links up under the intro tab. You know, if you listen to me, I'm sure you're listening to other legendary Anchorite RPG podcasters here on Anchor. And a trio of them have ZineQuest offerings up for you. They've all funded, and they all look really good. Tim Shorts from the Gothridge Manor podcast is doing Hunters in Death, an old school hex crawl. Then you've got Rudy Mangwell from Rudy's RPG Retrofit doing Sinister Red, an old-school fantasy RPG adventure set on a vampire planet wracked by catastrophe, drowned in blood, Sinister Red. And then we've got Dave Aldridge from the Deep Percentile podcast doing Mud Harbor, a kung fu setting for the Black Hat. So I didn't want to wait until Sunday Zine Club to mention these again because, you know, I think some of them will be done, you know, so... Uh, anyway, I've got links up. If you're listening to this, you hadn't heard about these, get in on the last second and just go over there or uh, listen to Sunday Zine Club from last weekend. And it's got a bunch of information, and everything for you. So you can check out some zines. All right, let's go. All right. So I wanted to go ahead and talk about this right from the get go. If you haven't heard about this over at Rob Conley, uh, Rob comes up a lot, especially in the map segment. Uh, famed cartographer does a lot of great stuff and have been working with, uh, kind of this rebooted judges guild. Uh, of course, Robert Bledsaw, the first has passed and Robert Bledsaw, the second, uh, had kind of rebooted judges guild, uh, back in the late nineties. And, um, so anyway, Rob posts, uh, some, some, some racist, racist, misogynistic and otherwise, uh, you know, awful trash that, uh, Bob Bledsaw Jr. had posted on their social media and basically announced that they were no longer going to work with Judges Guild, uh, which is a shame, um, Judges Guild being one of the, you know, most legendary, maybe the most legendary third-party publisher of D&D stuff uh, in the history of the game. Um, you know, and as if this uh, Bledsaw Jr. had not already, you know, run the company into the dirt with their six years late, you know, Kickstarter disaster for the city-state of the Invincible Overlord, uh, you know, now it's the nail in the coffin with the, uh, the rampant racism and, uh, anti-Jewish posts and, and, and a bunch of other trash. Um, you can go look through that if you want to. A number of the other people have been covering this as, uh, it's been a steady stream of, uh, publishers that had, uh, previously 
worked with or done, uh, you know, spinoff stuff of Judges Guild, uh, Frog God, uh, James Mishler, um, you know, other folks. I'm sure this will, I haven't seen anything from Goodman Games. I probably just missed it, but one thing I thought about Goodman Games, you know, had done a, a uh, this huge book a while back where they reprinted some classic modules, and there were mentions, you know, m- you know, rumblings of them maybe doing one of uh, Janelle Jacquet's classic adventures, um, uh, such as uh, what Caverns of Thracia and Dark Tower and all this classic stuff, but. Uh, I'm sure that's not going to happen because who wants to give money to Robert Bledsaw uh, Jr.? Nobody uh, wants to give this guy any money. Not a thin dime. And, you know, I, I was looking at some of the posts about this over on uh, OSR community over on Facebook. And, and there are a number of people, not a lot. You know, Most people, you know, take the... Uh, you know, take the view that, uh, that judges guild shouldn't see another dime, uh, from anybody. But, um, you know, there are a couple other people that say, what, but, uh, I just want a game. I don't like politics in my game. You know, this whole line about not wanting to be political. And when you say that, and I'm sure there are people that don't mean it this way, but it really amounts to uh, saying this is fine. And that's why I named this segment. I don't know if you've seen the little meme, little dog, everything's burning to hell around it. And it's like, this is fine. You know, just yesterday, Scott Malthouse, who comes up frequently on the program, does the Trollish Delver blog, uh, recently released Romance of the Perilous Lands an RPG through Osprey Publishing. And uh, so they were getting dogpiled, you know, yesterday on social media by, I can't really tell. I'm, 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 I'm thankfully, blissfully ignorant a little bit of this subsector of, of racists, but they're they like, I guess they think they're Vikings or something. I'm not, I'm not sure exactly how it works. They're modern day Vikings. And anyway, they just didn't like that. There's a black person on the cover of this game. Oh, you know what I mean? And just on and on, I put up a tweet from Osprey games, defending it, uh, against, uh, you know, the Vikings games are designed to bring people together. We're saddened to see anyone fighting against that. You know, inclusivity, making other people feel welcome, including marginalized people in the games, uh, does not, often does not just happen by itself. You have to, as uh, Tim S. Brandon on one of these links mentions, you often have to choose a side. You have to... You know, you have to be about something or you're just sitting there in a burning room saying, this is fine. 
The map segment of Hump Day Blogorama is proudly brought to you by Frank Turfler, legendary anchorite of Frank T's Liner Notes. I've been backing Frank T's Patreon for a while. High quality, full color, world class battle maps, sci-fi, fantasy, and otherwise. Innovative print and paste terrain that brings your table to life. Multiple support tiers, including a commercial tier, which will allow you to use Frank T's creations in your own commercial projects. You can sample some of the quality of the work by looking for Frank's Free Map Friday posts. So whether you are a creator that is looking for some cartography for a new project, whether you are a GM gaming online or in person at the table, or you're just like Froth, a map junkie, and you can't get enough of this stuff, go right now to patreon.com forward slash Frank T and check it out. All right. Thanks as always to Frank T for helping support the program and sponsoring the map segment here. Appreciate you as always, Frank. And who I got some doozies for y'all this week. I'm starting over at the Cartographers Guild, cartographersguild.com. Now I've recommended this to y'all before. You can put cartographersguild.com in your blog roll and just every once in a while, It'll link you some fantastic map. And wow, this one today, uh, it's from J.O. over there, the map of Old Risen. And this one is, it's got a real fairy tale feel to it. They mentioned that they had this for a Dungeons and Dragons adventure that they never played. And I'm thinking, wow, I wish I had stuff like this laying around from uh, games I've never played. I mean, really, this thing, uh, I mean, it's got sea monsters out in the ocean. It's got kind of gold leaf medieval illumination and the margins it's got heraldry and uh just an absolute stunning map uh if you want to get a look at all these again i got links and images over at the thought eater blog so be sure and check this one out i love the style it was like a fairy tale um and medieval inspired map uh, something really really unique and cool looking uh to see for dungeons and dragons Lawhammer blog, lawhammer.blogspot.com. This is Andy Law's blog, uh, who incidentally um, co-designed uh, and, and produced the new Warhammer fantasy roleplay system, uh, fourth edition, and has been doing mapping for the game since second edition. So this is lawhammer.blogspot.com. They're showing off an in-progress image of the old world map uh, that Games Workshop is working on. And so you can kind of see how that's coming together. And then they put up an image that they had done, uh, their Reichland map, uh, that was so unbelievable. I mean, talk about talent. Andy Law, goodness, goodness gracious. So I've got an image for that. Now, if you're into Warhammer, you're probably already following this blog, but uh, check out lawhammer.blogspot.com if you're into Warhammer Fantasy. This is a great, great, great blog. It's been a while since I checked in on Glenn Seal over at Monkey Blood Design, monkeybloodesign.co.uk. If you recall, they have a new series they've been doing, Mega Dungeon Monday, where they've been adding a map every Monday to build this huge mega dungeon. And uh, so these are all great. And so I put up a, uh, an image of, of how far it's come along. They're at map 12 now. And this is building itself into something really special, something amazing. And... Uh, so uh, follow along with this, and, and this is one uh, to take. You could stock this for your own campaign and, and, and run it for years. So awesome stuff from, from Monkey Blood. 
And then finally on the maps, uh, Delta over at Delta's D&D Hotspot. Great, great, great old school blog, deltasdnd.blogspot.com. They've been doing this uh, series called Subterrain Surveys where they kind of analyze a classic dungeon. And they've done a number of these. And uh, in this one they're doing the Caverns of Quasquitan from In Search of the Unknown. I've run this module a number of times. I love it. I love stocking it myself. And I also like uh, some, there's a lot of good third party people that have ran it, that have made alternate maps for it and, and, and a bunch of other um, stuff. Uh, you know, heck, there's a great 5e edition that uh, Goodman Games put out um, along with uh, Keep on the Borderlands recently that, that's outstanding. But anyway, uh, this kind of does an analysis of it, and it's such a iconic map that uh, I put up the map image there from um, from uh, B1, and uh, at least the uh, the ground level. Um, and uh, so, anyway, if you want to go and look at uh, kind of an analysis of that from Delta, these are, this is a really good series if you're into old school games. All right, some awesome stuff with these uh, reviews and retrospectives today. Uh, I just Lots of cool stuff out or coming out. So, you know, hold on to your wallets as, as you listen to this. Starting over at the Halls of the Nephilim blog. This is Justin Ryan Isaac's blog, punverse.blogspot.com. They're doing a review of a Mutant Crawl Classics funnel called Dead in the Water. And this one sounds like fun. They mentioned that it's nautical themed, so it's kind of unique from other Mutant Crawl, crawl Classic adventures they've seen. And it says that there are some fun pieces, including a mutant version of Beavis and Butthead. So <laughs> you can tell by that if, if it's up your alley or not. Uh, Gonzo to the nth degree. You can check that out. Dead in the Water Review over at punverse.blogspot.com. NZ Geist, this is a, a review site that, I, that I'm, I've really been enjoying lately. Uh, so you, you'll, you've noticed me uh, link them frequently. Uh, they're, they're really prolific. And uh, they're doing a review of Troika Numinous Edition. And this game's been out for a while. Um, a lot of people doing, you know, fan hacks of it and making stuff for it. But uh, if you're still wondering what it's all about, this is a good detailed review that gets into the mechanics and everything else. And it's a very, very, very positive review as well. So let me, uh, let me see what... Uh, uh, there was a quote in here. Oh, here it is. They consider the numinous edition of Troika with its streamlined and gorgeous presentation, its unconventional aesthetics, and its unique system to be a resounding success. If you're burned out on the big common systems, give Troika a spin. So I know there are a lot of anchorites and everybody there that are enjoying Troika, so check that out. It's over at nzgeist.com. This is cool at fantasy-faction.com. Uh, let's see who wrote this one. It's a long review. They're reviewing the Spire RPG. This is Richard Marple over at fantasy-faction.com. And this sounds like a really cool game. The artwork looks cool. I had heard about this when it came out and I uh, was curious about it. So it is a weird dark fantasy RPG about waging a morally gray war of resistance against an oppressive and demented regime. A game of espionage, horror, and impossible choices. It's a brew of fantasy, steampunk, pulp, and sci-fi. And they say it is bold, bloody, and beautiful. So, um, interesting looking game. 
they say it's, I love this quote, it's the kind of RPG book where you read a couple of pages and have to stop and message your friends about how cool the thing you've just read is. So that is high praise. So if you haven't gotten a look at this Spire game, uh, it looks really cool. So check that out. It's at fantasy-faction.com. Speaking of cool looking games, have you heard of Mork Borg? Holy crap. How did I miss the Kickstarter for this? I started seeing this popping up around social media. I'm like, what the hell is Mork Borg? Well, it turns out that this game funded last year in just over an hour and is a pitch black apocalyptic fantasy RPG, the name of which translates roughly into English as Dark Castle. And the world of Mork Borg is set just as a group of terrible prophecies from a two-headed basilisk are coming to fruition. These include the flooding of the endless sea, cities perishing in flames, and mountains collapsing into blood. The artwork on this thing. Oh my goodness. There's a second link I put up. This was at the reviews at dicebreaker.com. And that is uh, Sarah Elsom reviewing it. And then over at the Vintage RPG Tumblr, they put up a bunch of images from this. Oh my god. Talk about some cool looking art. This thing looks just unbelievable stunning. There's like a kind of a Satanism element going into this with the upside down crosses and and uh goats with pentagrams on their head and stuff so you'll know if this is for you or not i suppose uh, by taking a look at it but um definitely definitely a striking uh a striking bunch of images from this game so check out that mork borg uh uh talk about grimdark wow um, and so, and then finally, uh, this sounds much more wholesome. <laughs> oh, man, I crack myself up sometimes. Oh, man. <laughs> I wonder if Rob C is out there laughing too right now. Uh, anyway, this is tribality.com. This is something completely different. They're previewing, previewing uh, Descent into Midnight. So this isn't out yet. It's getting ready to kickstart. But I saw some people posting about this on social media. And Sean Ellsworth over at Tribality has a, has a preview of it. And this is a role-playing game about community, family, and hope on an aquatic world. So not Mork Borg, in other words. I don't see any Satanism here. Uh, it's more about, you know, community, family, and hope. Uh, so... Um, completely different. So there's something for everybody today on Hump Day Vlogorama. All right. Having regained my composure, I think I'm ready to roll on some random tables. I've got the dice tower ready. Sweet, sweet, clear acrylic. Little faux wood panels. All right. I'm starting over at antler.blogspot.com. Luke Gearing's blog. Great blog. If you haven't checked it out, antler with three R's.blogspot.com. This is a cool post called Things Goblins Do. Now, Luke's goblins are sadistic little monsters. Goblins aren't cute. Goblins aren't fun. Goblins are effing horrible. They live in trash and build scrap iron shivs. They lurk and crawl and titter in sadistic glee. So, let's see what Luke's sadistic little goblins are up to. Uh, they took a dump in your well. Little bastards. What else do they do? Uh, they're goblins. Uh, they set dog crap on fire and throw it at you. 
I love these goblins. Uh, what else do they do? 66. They give your child a knife. <laughs> All right, this is pure gold. Uh, this is my goblin table from now on. This is my goblin. You know, these are my goblins now. Uh, I think we need to do one more, right? What what goblins do? Uh, let's see, 16. Put razor blades and fruit still on the tree. <laughs> oh man, that reminds me of Halloween. One Halloween when I was little. Probably circa 83, I'm thinking. There was that one year where uh, there was all the scare about the candy and everything. It was the one year where we went trick-or-treating. Me, my little brother, and some other kids. Uh, and when we brought all the candy home, the parents, uh, they all let us have one piece. And they, they basically threw the rest of the candy away. because was a scare of it. I'll tell you, that, that razor blade candy scare, that affected me more than the... Satanic panic. Oh, ooh, shudder. Shudder thinking back, back about that Halloween. So anyway, check that out at Antler, the Antler blog. Uh, what goblins do. Another cool random table for you from Scrap Princess over at the Monster Manual Sewn from Pants blog. Monster Manual Sewn from Pants.blogspot.com. Post is called Spice. So, a table of spice to apply to accept, acceptable but bland adventure content. So, basically ways to spice up some bland adventure. And what is this, a D10? Let's see what we get. Everything is on or in an iceberg. <laughs> Classic stuff today. Wow, these are some good random tables. Uh, let's try to spice up the adventure one more time. Uh, what is that, a six? Okay. All monsters, despite their initial appearance, are some kind of mollusk. Their bonelessness only making their movements disturbing, not less able. They each have a tiny shell hidden somewhere where they keep their soul. So the disturbing bonelessness of the monsters due to them being some kind of mollusk. So creative ideas from Scrap Princess over at Monster Manual Sewn from Pants.blogspot.com. Spice up your game. All right, and finally, I'm over at Rand Roll, Duncan Thompson's blog. It's a great blog, blog just all focused on nothing but random tables and generators, so a great one. Uh, Randroll.com, and this is uh, a roundup, generator roundup, a book on generators and new and updated RPG tools. So this is kind of like, uh, it's almost like a hump day bloggerama for a random table sort of thing going on. Talking about a book on random generators, some generator updates with some links, um, and, and a bunch of other stuff. And so if you haven't checked these out, there's like a heraldry generator, a DM's vault with some random generators, um, an overly ambitious NPC generator. It's got links to all this stuff. So I'm not, not, nothing for me to roll on right here. I just thought I'd put it up because it's got a lot of interesting links and, uh, talk about a new book on a random tables book and, and this kind of thing. So anyway, check that out at randroll.com. Ah, the free stuff. Yes, we have come to the free stuff. 
starting with Haughty Fantasy Adventures. Owen Edwards' blog, haughtyfantasy.blogspot.com. They were kind enough to upload an adventure for us, The Monastery of the Chuckle Brethren. Uh, so they've got this adventure up along with a map, a uh, link to a Google Drive where you can download that. So check that out. It's from haughtyfantasy.blogspot.com. Then over at D20 Pirates, d20pirates.blogspot.com, despite the title, uh, most of the stuff I see them put up is for Savage Worlds. And that's what this is. A Truth or Consequences is the name of this adventure. And it uh, it follows a, uh, a a creature masquerading as a revivalist preacher. Um, and uh, so this is uh, for the six-gun setting, which is kind of a Wild West type deal. But uh, you could use it, you know, you know what? You don't have to be playing the six gun to use it. So anyway, if you're into Savage Worlds, check that out. And also, if you're into Savage Worlds, follow that D20 Pirates blog. They they they're pretty consistently putting stuff up for it. All right. Over the last couple of weeks, I've been talking about K Trey over the D4 Caltrips blog, blog.d4caltrips.com. If you're into old school essentials, if you're into BX, if you're into Labyrinth, Labyrinth Lord, or just D and D in general. You need to be following along with this series that K Trey's doing. OSE, you know, old school essentials, encounter activities. So they're taking, I mean, they're staying motivated. They're taking the different monsters from the game and hence BX, and they're doing these downloadable. So these are all, you know, you could download these PDFs, downloadable D100 tables of all the different monsters uh, with activities, things they can be doing uh, when you encounter them. So let's get a bonus roll going. I actually put my dice up and get them back out. All right, so these zombies, <clears throat> what are they up to? Um, they are scooping gray matter out of a cracked skull with grimy claws. Oof. Do one more on here. What are these zombies up to? Um... Zombies are being led by an emaciated child mummy, a cruel princeling tyrant. So these are pure gold, basically, um, and there's a bunch of them, and they're continuing to put these out. So what, what I'm going to do is I'm going to continue to download each of these PDFs, then I'm going to combine them into one PDF, and then maybe, I mean, if, if uh, K-Trey does these for every single monster... Um, maybe I'll put them together and uh, do my own Lulu print and have a little you know, little digest size supplement for, uh, to throw in the old school essentials box. You know what I mean? So anyway, cool stuff. Check that out. Blog.d4caltrips.com. Uh, switching gears to 5e. This is over at Dumpstat. Dumpstatadventures.com. Making tools useful in 5e. Woodcarver's tools. So this is a PDF about, uh, you know, how to use, you know, ideas for woodcarver's tools. Which is kind of, you know, on the one hand, I like uh, the freeform nature of the tool proficiencies in 5e, you know. Like you're proficient with it, you know, you can add your, uh, whatever it is, your proficiency bonus when you use it. Or, you know, it keeps it kind of loose. But then on the other hand, reading through stuff like this, I, I also like to see what other people do to come up with some specific ideas for the tool use. So, anyway... Maybe this will be part of a series. Uh, if they've already done other ones before, I've missed them. I need to go back and look. But anyway, this is uh, some ideas uh, for woodcarver's tools in 5e. It's a free PDF to download. Knights in the North. They do a ton of DCC stuff. Knightsinthenorth.com. 
they put up the red cap, a new DCC monster, the red cap. So that's a free PDF over there. Cool uh, artwork too. At Yenis Midgard. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Might be Enos or Yanis. I'm not sure. Y-N-A-S. Enosmidgard.blogspot.com. They are basically doing a review, a, a little review of Mazes and Minotaurs, which is an old school game that like, you know, purports to be a, an actual, you know, game from the 70s. And a cool little game, actually. So they're reviewing it. They link over to the new kind of deluxe editions that have since been done that are up on drive through as free downloads. But then they also uh, link back to the original, which is over at, uh, what's the name of the site? Uh, at storygame.free.fr, the old mazes and minotaur stuff. So this has been out for a while, but I thought about it when I saw it and I was like, I wonder if there's listeners out there that don't have this. So they, they, there's a whole series, you know, both the original and the, the new uh, advanced or deluxe editions. And uh, some are on drive through some you can just download straight off the site. So I don't typically link to drive through links. On this segment, I try to keep it more or less about the blogs. I'll occasionally do an itch.io thing, but uh, since this does just take you to a site where you can just straight up download it without registering anywhere, I've got that up for you. So Mazes and Minotaurs, cool, old school OSR game. Um, uh, if you've never checked it out before, uh, you can download all that for free. Then I was over at the RPG Pipeline. The Indie RPG Pipeline.blogspot.com. This is kind of a, an aggregator of new releases, so it's constantly putting up uh, new games and stuff. It just shows you how um, you know how um, um, diverse and uh, and creative folks are out there. The the stream of games that I see popping up on the Indie RPG Pipeline. Anyway, I noticed this one and it looked kind of cool. The Enderwoods Investigative Horror Role Playing. So you can download the starter for this for free, and that takes you over to itch.io. And it says it's a game of investigative horror set in the 1900s of a Balkan peninsula quite similar to our own, yet dreadfully distinct. So a cool-looking investigative horror game. Uh, you can download that for free, The Enderwoods. And then finally, wow. Um, so as you may or may not be aware, uh, Wizards puts up these Unearthed Arcana PDFs as free downloads <clears throat> to kind of test out, you know, do play test material, you know, for upcoming products and this kind of thing. And somebody had anticipated what the URL would be for uh, their Unearthed Arcana, the subclasses part two deal, and had guessed correctly. And so a bunch of people were downloading the PDF that featured this love domain, a cleric love domain. And anyway, um, it immediately, uh, drew a lot of, uh, got a lot of blowback and criticism, uh, cave girl, Emmy Allen, uh, here's a quote. Um, it seems Watsy have tried to create a love domain for clerics in 5e by some sheer coincidence. They seem to have accidentally created a roofie domain instead. <laughs> so some scathing stuff, uh, from, from cave girl there, uh, it included things like the impulsive infatuation channel divinity ability where you overwhelm a creature with a flash of short-lived intense admiration for you, driving them to rash action in your defense. And this other kind of mind control sort of uh, stuff under the guise of love 
that uh, reminded me uh, sort of of like the the villain from uh, Jessica Jones, which incidentally was a uh, hundred times more terrifying than any uh, you know lightning bolt thrower or or, or creature like that, you know. <clears throat> So, uh, before it even actually came out, they had pulled it, uh, you know, within hours they had, uh, actually by the time I had gotten home from seeing it, <laughs> they, it, it was down and then they changed it and I've got the PDF to what they changed it to, uh, the other doesn't really exist, but, uh, over at geeknative.com, it's got, uh, information about what it was. And then, uh, they changed it from the love domain to the unity domain. So... Um, anyway, they, 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 they changed some of the wording and everything and, uh, they quickly backtracked on that. So let's talk about some miscellaneous stuff starting over at dicebreaker.com. They've got a great post up that time. The U S secret service mistook a cyberpunk RPG for a hacker's handbook. This is from Jody McGregor. If you've never heard this story about how GURPS cyberpunk 1990 supplement from Steve Jackson games, uh, was seized by the U.S. Secret Service, uh, then check out this article. Very interesting story. Uh, and uh, yes, so GURPS Cyberpunk will likely remain the one role-playing game with a note on the cover declaring it that book that was seized by the U.S. Secret Service. You can read about that at dicebreaker.com. Over at s I really enjoyed this post. OSR Rules for Underwater Play, Light and Pressure. Usually, uh, you just kind of it seems like in most games when underwater stuff comes up, it's just kind of like throw them a potion of water breathing and let it rip, you know, but there's some interesting ideas here about, uh, light at different depths and, uh, the bends and, uh, crushing pressure and stuff like that. So, uh, some of this I could definitely see, uh, utilizing or, you know, hacking it, uh, some interesting ideas anyway, uh, over at, uh, rules for underwater play. And Hunter does such a great job over at DIY and Dragons, DIYandragons.blogspot.com. A few weeks ago, I mentioned of Slugs and Silver had compiled all the various Secret Santa Corn 2019 posts. And um, Anne has done the same thing, but uh, made it just a little bit more useful by um, putting them under different headings, like putting all the character options together, all the spells and magic together, etc., etc. So... Um, if you want to check out that, uh, secret Santa Corps stuff, um, you know, where people ask each other, uh, for different, um, posts and gaming related material, but you have to do one for someone else. Um, anyway, it's great stuff and it's cool that people kept that alive. So secret Santa Corn 2019 at DIY over at the Xenopus archives, Xenopus They've got a post up Tom Wom art. On the Gary Con 12 Cups. I always grew up thinking it was Tom Wham. Kind of like I always thought Nate, Nate uh, Treme. What's that you pronounce? Nate Treme's name? I always said Tom Wham. But it's Tom Wom. Tom Wom. And I know that from uh, you know listening to Tom's contemporaries mention their name. So anyway, they did Snit's Revenge and all these kind of classic illustrations back in the day. And uh, so they're going to be on like the cups and stuff. So uh, the Xenopus Archives has some images of that. Tom Wom art on the Gary Con cups. Over at Old School FRP, oldschoolfrp.tumblr.com. They've got, uh, if you've forgotten how commercialized D&D &D was back in the 80s, they've got um, 
some images of these invitations, D&D invitations um, that, that came out. Uh, join the quest. You know, so you send, you know, hand out invitations to your birthday party, maybe your Dungeons and Dragons themed birthday party. And uh, so these are cool images to kind of take you back and remind you how they used to you just put D&D on just about anything. That's at oldschoolfrp.tumblr.com. Cool post at the history blog, kind of peripheral to gaming. 1,200-year-old glass game, port, game board piece has been found on a Northumbrian island where the first Viking raid struck Britain. And it's a gumdrop-shaped... Gum come on, Froth. You're almost there. It's a gumdrop-shaped, translucent, azure glass game board piece. And I've got an image up at the Thought Eater blog and then a link over about some information about how they found it and everything. Very, very cool. And then finally... Uh, this post was great. Had me shaking my fist in solidarity with Justin Stewart over at the Dragons Gonna Drag blog. Dragons Gonna Drag blogspot.com. Post is titled "I Hate Read Magic," and Lord, do I hate it too. It's the first thing I house rule. I hate read magic. Justin does too. <laughs> if you hate read magic, join us and go and read this post. All right, so for the final segment, <clears throat> I don't have too much on this, but I thought I would share it. The Ore Report, the Ore Group Industry Report, has come out uh, regarding the games that are being played on Roll20. And, yeah, total domination. Complete and total domination. 5e uh, is basically half of all games played. Add in everything else, and D&D 5e is half of it. Uh, even more so when you put in the D different D&D variants. Interestingly, Call of Cthulhu is, uh, all things considered, doing pretty well. Um, coming in second uh, with about uh, a little over 15%. I think a lot of that is the uh, critical role bump. Uh, when they did the uh, their game last year, I know it had well over a million views on YouTube, and I know that Call of Cthulhu uh, Chaosium had a significant bump from that, and I'm sure that is at least partly responsible. It's a great game, too. Don't get me wrong. It's one of my favorites of that, and D&D are my favorite games. But um, anyway, Pathfinder 2E did not see uh, the success they wanted. Uh, or, they, you know... It's still five times as many people playing uh, original Pathfinder, at least at this point. Uh, which is a shame. I think Pathfinder 2nd Edition is really good. But when you consider that Pathfinder was actually uh, the market leader for a brief moment there uh, when 4E was, was ended and uh, there was that gap of time, <sighs> Pathfinder has fallen. Now, there's still doing gangbusters compared to these other games. I mean, Warhammer, all of it, less than 1.5%. World of Darkness, 1.2%. Star Wars, any edition, less than 1%. That's incredible. It's complete and, and total annihilation and domination. And that leads me to this other post I saw, which I really agree with. Grumpy Wizard, grumpywizard.home.blog. Travis over there is... Uh, Blogging about Dungeons and Dragons is its own hobby. For a lot of players, D&D is the hobby. They've never played another tabletop RPG, and they never will. And that's okay. 
saying it's a better idea to maybe just think of D&D as being its own hobby, separate from the rest of tabletop RPGs. And I don't really disagree. I think certainly that's a helpful way to think about it if you're going to make your own game or you're working with other game companies. Or, you know, it's like being a tiny little boutique peanut butter company and saying, you know, we're, gonna, we're coming after you, Jeff. You know, <laughs> you're just kidding yourself. You're seriously kidding yourself. I'm not saying you can't make some money and, and everything else. It's just the domination and stranglehold is just complete. Uh, if you, you know, I know it's a bit of a blinding flash, the obvious, but uh, if you ever had any question of 5e's complete and total dominance of the hobby, it is just stark. There's some other interesting statistics you can look at on here, uh, such as systems with the largest growth, uh, games that are picking up um, more players, such as Iron Sworn, basic role playing, that's really you know, Chaosium, Call of Cthulhu. Velocity System, I have no idea what that is, never even heard of it. Uh, Powered by the Apocalypse, Pathfinder 2nd Edition, Star Wars. Anyway, so I didn't have too much on that, um, but uh, anyway, I've got these links to Geek Native, Bell of Lost Souls, and this uh, kind of editorial from Grumpy Wizard, and uh, yeah, total domination. That is the show for this week. Hope you enjoyed it. I enjoyed putting it together for you. Big plans for this weekend for the Sunday Zine Club. I have reached out to famed Grognardia blogger and creator of the excellent traveling volume Empire of the Petal Throne zine, James Malashevsky. I've reached out to them about an interview for the program, and they have accepted. So looking forward to that. Uh, very excited about that. And I'll have some more ZineQuest coverage for you. If you want to be a part of this program, you just use the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm forward slash thought eater and there's a message button there. You can leave me a message, a comment, a criticism, a question about any of the things we talked about today and I can play it on the show. If you'd rather just email me, it's frothsofffrothsof at gmail.com. Remember that all the links that we talked about today are over on the Thought Eater blog. It's Google Thought Eater blog or go to frothsofdnd.blogspot.com. Do you want to support the program? Yes, is the answer, right? First, look, there's easy things you can do. Share my posts. Put the Thought Eater blog on your blog roll, right? Chances are I've got your blog on mine, right? Let's do it. Or, if you want to support me monetarily, it's really easy to do. You go to patreon.com forward slash thought eater. It's just a single tier. It's a dollar a month. You can chip in more if you want. Or you can just throw in a dollar a month. And I am so thankful for my backers. Their support means a lot. And I'm very appreciative of them. It encourages me to keep going with this uh, froth cycle that I've got going here for you. Uh, special thanks to Liren for calling in, as well as Frank Turfler for sponsoring the program. If you are interested in sponsoring the program, Hump Day Bloggerama or Sunday Zine Club, you can reach out to me in one of the ways that I've already mentioned. And hmm, is there anything else? If there is, I've forgotten it already. So that means it is time for Logan to take us home. Sickly platypus, a psychic grenade. 
Zeroing in on your mental trade. Gonna help you escape from the grind. Thought eater gonna blow your mind. Boom, 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 boom,